Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, Colt-centric, talk about it often, Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host Matt Danley, thank you guys for coming back to the show tonight, uh, been a little under the weather as of late, as you can probably tell by uh, my voice, but trying to get back in here and, and get a little bit of a recap of the Colts 23 to nothing win over the Dallas Cowboys, big, big victory for the Colts, we talked a lot about this last week and kind of what the Colts needed to do to make this, you know, a successful weekend in week 15. Obviously, the running game was a big factor in that with Marlon Mack carrying almost for 140 yards. Uh, not only that, limiting Ezekiel Elliott to under 100 yards is a big deal, I think. Um, and, and it's not to say that the Cowboys, you know, we talked about this. The Cowboys had only allowed, I think, a 100-yard rusher or 100 yards worth of rushing in four games, maybe three. I, I should have that in front of me, but I don't. Uh, we talked about it last week, but that's a big deal. Marlon Mack came back and and really kind of stamped out, you know, a, showed good vision, showed good one-cut ability. It was really nice to see him get back on pace. Uh, really a big help. You know, when you see Andrew Luck doesn't even throw for 200 yards, doesn't have a passing touchdown, and you win 23 to nothing, you you have to believe that the run game was on point. Um, you know, in fact, uh, Prescott passed for over 200 yards, but he threw the ball almost 40 times. And it was really weird because during the game, it just, I mean, I guess it did kind of seem like that in some points that he was passing a lot, but at others, it just seemed like Dallas was just trying to run their game. You know, uh, it ends up, you know, the beginning of the game was kind of slow you know, the Colts are only up 10 nothing at halftime, but, you know, the they block a field goal attempt. Uh, they get Dallas off the field on a couple of fourth down uh, attempts at conversions, and that kind of switches the game up. I mean, that kind of flops the game right in front of the – right in the way that the Colts wanted it to go. Luck averages over seven yards of completion, nothing – or seven yards in attempt, nothing fantastic, and he wasn't – you know, he didn't have a ton of uh, – or didn't have a great completion rate. But in the end, this was kind of a domination for the Colts when you look at everything involved. I mean, you look at the defense. The defense was fantastic. They sack Prescott three times. The Colts don't give up any. Darius Leonard has another amazing game, a couple passes defended, uh, several quarterback hits on the, uh, on the day for the Colts, five and a half tackles for loss. You know, the Colts can just continue to play really good football 
and it's the most important time of the year that they could possibly be doing it. I thought Clayton Gethers had another solid game. We saw an important play from George Odom in this one. Quincy Wilson uh, was okay. I mean, had some good uh, good plays, and, and also, you know, I think he was beat a couple times. I think the Colts lucked out on one play where I thought he was actually going to get pass interference called, but they did not call it. Uh, Tyquan Lewis again. Two sacks. Big game for him. Danico Autry, another big game for him. A sack. Um, just we're, we're seeing this defense kind of blossom uh, right in front of our eyes here. And, you know, something just to kind of fall back on what uh, uh, Matt Everflus had said just today is that the reason that Kamoko Ture is not getting the snaps in the game is because, I mean, he said that it's not because or that it's because uh, he's not maybe practicing up to par. But I, my guess is that just because Taekwon Lewis just looks fantastic in practice, it's it's kind of hard to say. Well, he's not. You know, it just had, depends on what happens in practice, and that's fine. But that's not. I don't know that it's necessarily a a, a smack in the face of Ture rather than it is a pat on the back for Lewis. Lewis is a bigger boy. You know, he's a bigger, more powerful guy. I think he's got a more refined skill set when it comes to pass rush moves, whereas Kamoko Ture is kind of limited to, um, you know, his speed and his burst. Uh, he does have some pass rush moves, but when you're not as powerful, they're just not as effective. I think. So I think we're what we're seeing more is just kind of the like the blossoming of of Taekwon Lewis. So I, I'm really excited for that, not just for the future, but for this year. I mean, the Colts now, you know, look like a playoff team. I mean, that team the other night, that was a playoff team. They're 8-6. and six. They're 5-2 and two at home. We talked about this, too. The Colts had been fantastic at home, and the Cowboys suck on the road. Uh, that's why I had them winning the game. And so we ended up seeing, you know, a pretty stinking good game out of the Colts. It was all kind of inclusive. I mean, you saw everybody kind of get involved. Grant had another couple uh, nice catches, nothing major. You know, nothing, nothing just, you know, excellent that you just go, oh, wow, what a great catch or anything like that. But you see Hines getting involved in the passing game uh, along the lines of Marlon Mack getting uh, 139 yards on 27 carries and a couple scores. And then Andrew Luck having, you know, not a fantastic game, I guess, by a couple different standards, but still being plenty efficient enough to get the team down, leading them down the field several times. And, you know, you know, I mean, just it's a shutout. That's a big, big win for the Colts. So it, it's really fun to watch what's going on right now with this Colts team. They have very good possibility, in my opinion, or very real possibility anyways, of finishing the season 10 and 6. That is a that would be a massive, massive win for everybody involved. Frank Wright, Chris Ballard, everybody on this roster. To go 10-6 and six in a year where everybody within the first five weeks of the season, six weeks of the season, was saying, this Colts team isn't doing anything this year. These guys are really in the thick of the hunt. I think that now that everybody, and when I talked about this with Stephen Holder the other night, that everybody is honestly and truthfully now saying, people don't want to see the Colts in the playoffs. And I told you guys that this was going to happen. They don't want to see the Colts in the playoffs. They don't want to see Andrew Luck. They don't want to see this defense, especially how they've groomed themselves and, and improved and continued to produce week in and week out. 
flying to the ball, great chemistry with the linebackers, the defensive line starting to come aligned, getting pressure. I mean, the Colts are only four sacks away from being in the top six of the league right now. So they're a team that's gaining pressure. We still continue to look at this team and not really give them the credit, I think, for getting a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. But they're they're doing it, and they've done it of late too. So, I mean, there's been a bit of a surgence uh, here with the Colts. So, I mean, that could be a little bit of that too. But you really have to look at this team and be impressed with what they've done. And not just this year, but game by game. You know, they, they, they smoked the Titans. They beat up, I felt. I mean, they, the, the score was closer, but they beat up on the, on the Texans. You know, that, that uh, Jaguars 6 nothing loss is kind of probably, I mean, I just feel like that might come back to haunt the Colts eventually when it comes down to possibly a tiebreaker or, or you know, something of the sort or whatever. And, of course, you know, a couple of those games early in the season could uh, come back to haunt the Colts. But all in all right now, the Colts are in pretty good shape. I mean, they're basically a win and a Baltimore loss uh, from getting into the playoffs or at least being in that sixth seed. Uh, and that's kind of a, you know, it's a strange situation there with, uh, with, the, with the Steelers as well. You know, they're eight and five, it's, it's, or eight, five and one. So you have that. Now, they, the Colts lose six games all season and the Steelers went out and the Ravens went out. The Colts are out of the playoffs. That's just the way it's going to be. So it's kind of, you know, a hit and miss here with with everything that's going on. But, man, the Colts look good right now. Uh, they, I don't think that they would own the tiebreaker over Houston if they, uh, if they were to win out and Houston was to lose their next two. I don't think that the Colts would have the tiebreaker there for the division. I'd have to check on that. Um, and I think that when you look at everything involved, the Titans are 8-6, and six and they are not a team like the Colts. The Ravens, do we consider them to be, you know, equal to the Colts or better? I think their defense is really impressive, uh, really impressive. But right now, you know, the Colts, I mean, 372 points for, they've allowed a ton of points, but a lot of these teams are starting to catch up to them. You know, I mean, the Steelers have allowed more th- more points than the Colts have, and the Colts have scored 30, uh, just uh, 12 more or 12 fewer points. The Chiefs are where it's at in terms of really where uh, they're struggling or they're going to struggle to to match up possibly with an offense uh, or it could, you know, could struggle. Uh, the Chargers would be a really tough battle for the Colts as well. And I think, man, there's this is the Colts, though, are hot and dangerous right now. I mean, they have really been impressive lately. So it's coming on. We have a real legitimate, legitimate playoff run right here going for the Colts right now. And a lot of us are going to say that we feel like the Colts are just a couple years away or a year away from really putting everything together. There's no time like the present, folks. There's no time like the present. I can't stand looking forward to next year. I am excited for next year. I am excited for the year after. But, man... I mean, like I've told you guys in the past, last year probably at the beginning of this year, once you start doing that, guys like Darius Leonard get hurt the following year. Quentin Nelson gets hurt. Somebody's going to get hurt that nobody expects to be hurt. It's going to be a big part of that team. There is no time like the present to go out and kick some ass. So I am excited for what the Colts have left on their schedule. I think that the Colts 
absolutely should take care of the Giants this week. I think that the Colts absolutely should take care and handle the Titans. I think the Colts should be 10-6 and six by the end of the year. Now, can they and will they be able to outlast some of these other teams? You know, namely the Steelers and or the Ravens. So we'll have to find that out. And, you know, obviously they've got to make sure that they beat the Titans. That's a big one, especially if the Titans win this week. Uh, they'll have to, but they'll own the tiebreaker. So I'm I'm just kind of talking out of both sides here. It's interesting to think about what the Texans um, might be able to do because I'll be honest with you. I think that a lot of teams looking at this AFC South, looking at the two teams, I don't think that people are really all that scared of, of the Texans right now. I mean, I just don't. I think the Colts present a much hotter team to opponents, and I think that the Colts just flat out are better. And I think that they were better the first time they played. I think they've been better almost all year. I think the Texans were lucky in a lot of their wins. And I think, I mean, they lo- they won a lot of really close games and they weren't putting up a lot of points there for a long time. So I, I just think the Colts are a far better team, honestly, than the Texans. Uh, take their defense and, and do whatever you want with it. That's fine. But I like what the Colts are doing on defense. I like that Matt Everflus has got this team really moving well. And I like that Frank Reich's got this offense, you know, back on track after, you know, the Jaguars lost. So it, it doesn't seem – it seems more like that was a fluke than anything. So we are uh, watching a Indianapolis Colts squad right now really hitting their stride, in my opinion. And if they can get into the playoffs, guys, I'm telling you, this team can do some damage. A lot of people may not agree with that, and that's totally fine. Everybody's got their opinion on it. And you may think that, well, they just have too many inconsistencies uh, within each little piece of uh, maybe the offense or the defense or just whatever. But holistically, when you look at this roster top to bottom, what the defense has been able to do against the run, their ability to turn teams over, the ability for Andrew Luck to carry this team on his shoulders, and the possibility of having a really good run game and the offensive line being able to protect Andrew Luck, folks, I'm telling you, that, that presents a real challenge for teams that are looking at them and they're thinking, we do not want to play the Colts on wildcard weekend. So uh, I think that we've got a lot to look forward to, quite honestly. And I think that the, you know, I think that the, the Colts are, are definitely a team surging right now. And I think that they're going to be that team. I really do. I really feel like they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, so we've got, I mean, we've got two weeks to figure it out. We'll find out. This week will be a big test, I think when they go up against the Giants because the Giants had been hot themselves. They obviously got blanked by the Titans. But, you know, the Colts got blanked by the Jaguars as well. So was that a kind of bump in the road in the middle of one of their hot streaks? We don't know. But we cannot take this Giants team for granted. I mean, you can't – I mean, Eli Manning hasn't been much of anything lately. You still can't take him for granted. Saquon Barkley, you can't take him for granted. Anybody else on that team – you just can't do it. They have to go in there and just flat out try to steamroll them. And hopefully they do and can because that's what they need to do. So uh, we'll come back. We got a little more news. Uh, talk about the uh, Pro Bowl selections, a couple snubs, and some other things here right after the break from TickPick. All right, Colts fans, we have a great deal for you. Let me tell you guys about TickPick, this amazing app to buy tickets to any game, concert, or other event. Are you looking for tickets to this week's game and want to know exactly what you're going to pay for those tickets? 
I do, and if you do too, then TickPick and their amazing and simple app is right up your alley. The TickPick app is extremely easy to use, and best of all, there are absolutely no surprises at checkout. Listen, you find the game, find the seat you want, and you're all set. Think StubHub without any fees. You get the same tickets, same seller, but absolutely zero fees. You save 10 to 15% on every ticket order. And get this, for our listeners, they're offering you an amazing offer of $15 off any single order over $99 through the end of the season. All you have to do is enter SB Colts as your gift code at checkout. This isn't a sign-up only offer either. They went all in for you guys. Not only do I use TickPick, but I approached them and wanted to get the word out on this company because it was so stinking easy and nobody likes to find the seats they want, then get that smack in the face at checkout of another $35 to $50 in fees being added. I'll never use another ticket app again. It's very user-friendly and you get the same great tickets with lightning quick ticket transfers. Remember, that's TickPick and use the gift code SBCOLTS to save yourself $15 on any order over $99. Go to TickPick and take advantage of this offer to Two-day, 100% verified Colts tickets without any fees. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, let's get to it now. The AFC Pro Bowl rosters uh, have been announced. A couple things here, and, and we'll get to uh, – maybe we'll do this first. Uh, Andrew Luck, Darius Leonard, and a few others were named as uh, Pro Bowl alternates, uh, along with Danico Autry, along with T.Y. Hilton, and along with Ryan Kelly. Um, I obviously, if they're alternates, that means that they didn't make the Pro Bowl. So I have a real problem with Darius Leonard probably being not just defensive rookie of the year, but making a real case for defensive player of the year. Honestly, I mean, look, this isn't this isn't us being Colts fans and fanboys. He's leading the league in tackles. He's kicking ass every single Sunday. He's missed a game this year. And is still doing all that. Yet he's not in the Pro Bowl. I think that's a, a major issue right there. Uh, Quentin Nelson did make the Pro, Pro Bowl, though. So that's nice to see him as a rookie get that honor. I think that's really cool. Also, Eric Ebron got uh, made the Pro Bowl at tight end. Obviously, we know what kind of season he has had. But I, I just have you know kind of a, a real issue here with this. Now, look. There's nothing against, you know, C.J. Mosley, uh, I mean, Von Miller, obviously, Javon Clowney, D. Ford. Those guys are outside linebackers, more like defensive ends for what the Colts run. But C.J. Mosley, Bernardrick McKinney uh, got it for inside linebacker in there. Now, I have a problem with those only because Darius Leonard has had better season than them. I mean, I don't even know who you can find to disagree with that. I just don't. I mean, he has just completely taken the league by storm. Now he's up to, what, 157 tackles already this year. I mean, he's he's playing great coverage. He's good against the run. He's got some sacks. I mean, I, he's the real deal and the full package. That's the problem I've got with it, to be quite honest with you. Now, when you look at kind of the the – the quarterback situation, you know, can you take Patrick Mahomes out of there? Hell no. You cannot do that. Can you take Phil Rivers out of there? No, you cannot. Tom Brady, on the other hand, uh, I, I think that you can. I mean, if you're looking at the two, look, Tom Brady is the best uh, quarterback and, and damn near the best quarterback of all time, if not arguably, however you want to argue that, 
Um, but the guy has, I mean, you have to understand and give that guy credit for everything he's done in his career. This year, however, Andrew Luck, to me, has been a better quarterback. He's taken the team on his shoulders. Um, I think you've got, I mean, when you look at the first-year coach, all the new pieces to the offense, you know, finally seeing him with an offensive line that is being able to to protect him and allow him to step up in the pocket. Uh, to me, Andrew Luck has just been simply better. And, and I have, I mean, I have a problem with that, I guess you could say as well. At the same time, when you look at Tom Brady and you think about playoffs and you think about how he, he would play in the playoffs, it's, that's a hard argument though to make. Now, do you take, do, does anybody here take Andrew Luck over Tom Brady in the playoffs? I don't know that a lot of people would do that. I mean, if you do, I think you're a Colts fan at the same time. You've got to understand that uh, Andrew Luck, each year that he did make the playoffs and take his team further and further uh, from 2012 to 2014, a lot of that was due to him. You know, they got to the championship game uh, in the AFC against the, the, the Patriots, and, and it did not go well. It did not go well. But you just have all these factors that go into this. If you're looking at regular season though, I think you've got Andrew Luck there at quarterback over Tom Brady. He is an alternate at the same time. I don't know that I necessarily agree with it. Uh, I like Danico Autry getting in as an alternate. I still think Darius Leonard is the best linebacker uh, in that group. And I think the only reason maybe he didn't get it is because like I said, they have this roster set up here at outside linebacker with edge rushers, you know, Jadavian Clowney, Vaughn Miller. I mean, Genevian Clowney, come on. D Ford's had a hell of a year too. But if you're telling me that you're not finding room between CJ Mosley, Bernardrick McKinney, an inside linebacker there, why are you setting this? T- I, do, I don't know. I think this defense, look to me, a lot of the way they've got this defense structured is, is junk. I mean, it, it just is. And, and not to mention, am I wrong that Genevian Clowney's a defensive end here? I mean, do they just turn him into an outside linebacker or am I missing something? I mean, maybe I am, but I don't understand that at all. But it, to me, there's some snubs there. I think Lux a snub. I think Darius Leonard's a snub. I think you can make a case for T.Y. Hilton in, in there. Um, but at the same time, you, you've got, you know, I mean, you've got some impressive guys here at wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins has had a killer year. Tyreek Hill, hard to take him out. Antonio Brown, you're never going to take him out. Keenan Allen, kind of the same thing. I mean, I think that it's good that T.Y. became an alternate. I'll be honest with you. Because I think T.Y.'s had a hell of a year as well. But at the same time, can you really put him above any of those guys this year from the performances? I don't know that you can. I think Quentin Nelson getting in is a big, big pat on the back for him and the respect that he's earned already. I think that Eric Ebron, you know, kind of being that guy. I mean, right next to Travis Kelsey there at tight end, that should really give him a boost going forward this year. Hopefully these guys kind of take it all in and uh, understand that this is a major thing for them. I mean, they're they're pro bowlers, yes, okay? So it's not the it's not the i mean it's not the biggest thing right because we none of us i mean i do not watch the pro bowl the pro bowl sucks every year the real thing is getting the all pro honors and that's where it's at however being selected 
to the Pro Bowl initially should still be considered an honor, I think. I mean, I think that most people would consider it that way. So we've got some snubs. We've got some great things going on with the Colts uh, in terms of who is getting in, who is not. Man, I am... I cannot be more excited, I don't think, for this playoff picture. I mean, the next couple weeks are going to be really interesting. There's a lot of movement that's going to happen. The Colts right now, like I said, man, they've got the Giants. They've got the Titans. They should handle both of those teams pretty easily. I mean, just on paper. I mean, right now I think the Colts are a nine-point favorite over the Giants. I think that's a little dangerous. But at the same time, that tells you Vegas thinks that the Colts should handle them. And I think that they should too. And I don't know how you can possibly come up with eventually having the Titans be anything but underdogs against the Colts in you know in Week 17. There's just no way in hell. They got smoked their first time around. And the Colts have been pretty successful against the Titans. At the same time, you have to keep these teams... You know, you have to keep your team, uh, your head out of the clouds. You have to keep yourself grounded and make sure that you guys are taking care of business. And right now, one of the most beautiful things about this Colts roster and this Colts team organization all the way around is that all the leaders, whether you're looking at the best players at each position or the best players on either side of the ball, or you're looking at the coaching staff, or you're looking at management, anything that you're looking at, This Indianapolis Colts organization right now is hitting on all cylinders. I mean, Frank Reich has had a phenomenal rookie season as a coach. Matt Eberflus, a guy that everybody was kind of like, man, this 4-3, this Tampa 2, it's not going to work. Man, they brought in some players to make it work, and they're doing it well. And he's calling really good games, and he's dialing up pressure when it's needed. He's reading these teams and finding out who can handle the pressure and who can't and he's forcing teams to make mistakes and he's getting teams off the field on third down and fourth down and so on and so forth so it's really fun it's really fun there's a lot of things going right now for the Colts they cannot afford to take a step back in these next two weeks all they can do is take care of business win their next two games and do everything that they can in their power to make the playoffs. Because the rest of the league is going to be absolutely bonkers, I think. So I just feel like the Colts win two games, they should be in, and I think that they will. I just do. 10-6, and any way you look at it, is a win for the Colts this season. Uh, I would love to see, you know, that, man, that first go-round with the Texans. I just really would have loved to have seen them not, hand them 14 points the Colts I think would win the division in that case and uh and the wouldn't have to worry about uh the wild card berth you know the Colts might be playing a wild card game on wild card weekend but it wouldn't be because they were the wild card that's kind of where I'm at with this so uh lots of interesting stuff going on right now with the Colts and, and kind of how they're doing what they're supposed to be doing to make themselves eligible for the playoffs. But at the same time, some of that early season stuff is probably going to come back to haunt them. At the same time, you really look at that's just kind of the way it went this year. There's not a lot that you can expect out of a team 
that comes in with a new coach, new new uh, uh, coordinators and position coaches. I think that uh, you know you've you've seen a lot from the running back coaching department. You've seen a lot from the coaches themselves, from the players themselves, just in general. It's really been pretty impressive. So one thing I would really like to see from the Colts going forward here in these next few weeks is getting their third down percentage down on defense. They're sitting at 41% right now, 26th in the league. Early, early, early in the league, in the season, they were one of the better teams in the league. They're still really good on third down uh, on offense, but that's one of the things I think they're going to have to honestly get better at. They've got to make sure that they aren't allowing teams to continue down the field on third down. They're, they're opportunistic. They've got to be better than opportunistic, and they've got to be a team that can absolutely stop teams no matter what. On the other hand, one of the things that's a little underrated here is the amount of yards per play that they're giving up. 5.4 on the season right now, tied for in the top 10 uh, with the Texans, actually. So, I mean, you're looking at all these other defenses that are up here. We talk about the defenses. I mean, they're, they are literally a tenth of a yard from the Tennessee Titans, the Dallas Cowboys, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Arizona Cardinals, which is surprising to me, the Texans, the Jaguars, two-tenths of a, of a yard, uh, Minnesota, three-tenths of a yard. They are literally in the mix to being a top five yards per play allowed defense. That's really impressive. <laughs> really impressive. Young faces, new faces, all of this. I mean, it's it's fun. This defense has to be something that everybody really enjoys to watch. The offense is something that we are going to continue to watch, build, and progress throughout the season, uh, throughout the rest of the season and next season. And this defense, it, the, these are the things that you want to look forward to. What they've got as an established bit of a baseline uh, in terms of talent, and you love what the coordinator has been doing. You hope that he can continue to do that. So uh, lots of lots of praise going around for the Colts, and deservedly so, in my opinion. So we've seen that the couple Colts get the Pro Bowl nods. We've seen a few get snubbed in our in my opinion. Um, you know, the Colts had an amazing. Week 15 win, blowout win, ultimately over the Cowboys. Slow and steady won the race there, and they didn't allow the Cowboys to put anything on the board. That is a good combination for what the Colts want to do going forward. They need to score early, though, and they need to do it a little bit more often than they have been lately. So uh, we've seen the Colts stall kind of early the past couple games and then pick it up. We need to see them pick it up in the first half, I think, going forward as well. So big game this week, guys, against the Giants. Uh, the Colts could uh, be very much holding their own fate uh, by the end of this week. And I think that, uh, you know, if you're, if you're not, uh, the, a lot of people are talking about the possibility of the Titans and Colts game in week 17 being flex. That could be very possible. It just depends on, like I said, what the tight or what the, uh, Steelers, what the Ravens do, what the Titans do this week, all that matters. And all we know is that the Colts are becoming a team who is being watched very closely by the rest of the AFC. And they should be because I think they can upset some teams and I think that they are a very, very dangerous team uh, right now. And I think that they would be once they made the playoffs. So 
And I don't think that there's many teams that wouldn't agree with us, even though we're fans. We're fans. They agree with us. Trust me. They don't want to see the Colts. They do not. And they, they're they are hearing about this defense. They know that Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton are doing it, despite having limited weapons at the receiver position. Um, this is a, Guys, this is a team that you want to root for, and a lot of teams – and a lot of people and a lot of other fans respect right now. So it's really fun to hear that and fun to see it. So, uh, guys, that's the Colts cast for tonight. We're going to have a couple more shows up the rest of the week. Hopefully we'll have something up from Steven, maybe even something from Chris uh, with his Dark Horses uh, uh, podcast as well. We'll try to get some more stuff up for you guys. Thank you for being patient with me, uh, but I am feeling a little better now, so we will continue to get this bad boy rolling. Uh, but just in general, thank you guys for coming back to the show. Make sure you're getting a Stampede Blue for all your Indianapolis Colts news and analysis. And also go to the podcast on iTunes. Hook us up with a rating and review. Those are a massive help. So thank you guys all for coming back to the show. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts cast. Stampede Blue. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. 
Listen to our solo acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.